Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Anna Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Let's Talk Taxes edition. This week, we're explaining how Republican Bob Young lost his leadership position, why parental consent is going to be a hot topic this fall, how to read your property tax bill, and what U.S. Senator J.D. Vance has been up to during his first year in office. Joining me in studio this week is reporter Haley Miller. Hello, good to be here. Yeah, I'm... Ah, feels like fall, although it's going to be like 90 degrees this weekend. So fake fall. Yeah, I've started seeing like the pumpkin spice lattes and stuff coming out. And I'm like, I don't know if we're there yet. Yeah, it's hard when it's like 92. Our first topic is a Northeast Ohio Republican state rep named Bob Young. He was arrested in July on charges of domestic violence and assault after a party at his Northeast Ohio home went south. As part of that arrest, he had an order of protection issued, and this week he allegedly violated that. According to police reports, Young made several phone calls to someone he shouldn't have. He was arrested, had to don that orange jumpsuit, and now he has to wear a GPS tracking device as a condition of his release. Basically, it's been a rough couple of weeks for the representative. It has. And we just found out that House Speaker Jason Stevens has decided to strip him of his committee chairmanship. I believe he chaired the pensions committee. That's correct. And that came right after uh, Jesse wrote a story saying that that still hadn't happened. It took Stevens a while to do that. Not really clear why, but that position did come with a pay bump. So it's worth it's noteworthy that he no longer has that job. Yeah. And Jason Stevens, the House Speaker, did call on him to resign in July after that arrest. Bob Young said that he wouldn't be resigning. He talked about going into treatment. So we'll kind of have to see what happens. I will say everything he's accused of, he's pled not guilty. They're all first degree misdemeanors and you might need a felony conviction to be like automatically removed from the legislature. So theoretically, he could be convicted of all of this and stay in office. What that means for his reelection, that's a whole other question. Right. And that'll be coming up fast. All the House seats will be up for re-election in 2024. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone tries to challenge him in a primary or in the general election. I'm also curious what the vibe's going to be when the legislature goes back in session, because this has all been happening while we've been on break. And so, you know, Young hasn't really been back working in Columbus with his colleagues and Democrats have, you know, repeated calls for him to resign. And it's probably not sitting too well with uh, House Republican leadership either. Yeah, I've talked to a number of Republicans off the record who would like him to resign, who think that, you know, obviously innocent until proven guilty, but they think the allegations are such that, you know, he shouldn't be in office. And we'll kind of have to see. Um, there is the option option to censure him, you know, which is sort yeah. of a reprimand. There's also the option to remove him from office. But if y'all remember from Larry Householder, Householder was the first person in about 100 years that had actually been removed from the legislature. So that's a very rare thing that they do. 
you might get a censure. You're much more likely to get one than an actual removal. Right. But we'll we'll have to see. The We're not really quite sure when the House is coming back. The Senate comes back in just a couple weeks here in mid-September. So when the House gets back, I will be curious to see, A, if Bob Young is there, and if he is there, how he's interacting with his colleagues. Yeah. And if anyone, you know, has anything to say publicly about it, you know, once they get back to the House floor and have that platform. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... Uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our second topic is parental consent, specifically whether a parent should have to consent to their child having an abortion or whether there are certain situations where mom and dad should get no say. And I just want to take a quick second before we get into this to say that as the mother of two daughters, I've been thinking about this a lot. And what I would want to know, what I would want to have control of as my daughters transition from teenagers to legal adults. And I think this is just a profoundly personal question that we're attempting to come up with a blanket policy for. And I kind of feel like that's why it's such an emotionally charged debate. But now that I've stepped off my parental soapbox, um, let's actually talk about the issue. So Ohioans are going to vote in November on whether they want to protect access to abortion in the state constitution. And one of the issues that's come up is parental consent. Ohio currently requires minors to get consent from their parents for abortions, but, and this is an important but, there is technically an exception. Judges have the ability to override that if, for example, there's evidence of abuse, particularly sexual abuse. So it's it's sad to say, but like incest might be a factor in some of these cases where a judge would like remove the parental consent requirement. And so the question is, how does this tie to the amendment? Well, they're, the folks are divided basically on whether that parental consent law would still be valid if the reproductive rights amendment passes. Yeah, abortion rights advocates say this doesn't have anything to do with parental consent. They don't think that's part of the conversation. But opponents say this is going to make it harder, if not impossible, for parents to give consent and sort of know what's going on in their kids' lives. And Jesse talked to uh, Kelly Copeland from Pro-Choice Ohio last week, I believe. And Copeland made the point that the state should try to clarify what it means for survivors of incest or sexual abuse to get an abortion, whether they should have to get parental consent if their parents are their abusers. And so it's unclear what would happen, you know, if this passes in November, if this is something lawmakers would look at at any point. Up in Michigan, they are having that debate now. They approved an abortion rights amendment last year. And now advocates, Planned Parenthood groups like that want to get rid of the parental consent requirement. But, you know, Ohio says, Ohio advocates say that opponents are trying to scare parents and make the make it more like it seems. Yeah. And I think it's a really difficult issue because, you know, you sort of recognize that not all parents are good parents. And some parents, unfortunately, abuse their children. And, you know, if in the case of incest, they are the father of a baby, then that gets like, yeah, I, I guess like instinctually, I think most people recognize that that like that that dad should not have a say over whether that child gets an abortion. 
or what happens, but it's such a, I think it's such a blessedly rare situation, but where it gets more complicated is right. Like when you have a 16 year old, a 17 year old, like almost 18 year old, like what is the role of the parent in making those choices? And I think that's why this is such a hot button issue, right? Because I think it's that that answer is probably different for everyone. And it may be different when you actually get into the situation. Right. I mean, this comes down to family dynamics and relationships. And like you said earlier, it's incredibly personal. And so trying to figure out how this amendment would or would not apply in those situations is tough because every case is different. Our third topic is definitely in the weeds, but I think it's an important one because property taxes not only impact homeowners, they impact renters because landlords very often raise rents to cover increased tax bills. So a bunch of counties across Ohio are sending out these postcards or letters letting homeowners know the value of their houses. And this year, the increases in home values are historic. Like folks all across the state are saying they've never seen increases this large. We're talking 30%, 40% increases in property values, which leads us to the question I think most people are asking when they get this postcard is, how much of an impact will that bigger value have on my property taxes? And I tried to answer this question and (laughs) Haley is looking at me like, thank God she did. (laughs) I let Anna handle all the convoluted tax policy. So the short answer on whether this increases your property taxes and by how much is, well, it depends. It's kind of the shruggy emoji. Um, But the long answer is complicated. And this is one of the few times where I highly recommend going online to read the article about this if you really want to understand. Because like stories with lots of numbers and math are much easier to digest when you can just like scroll back and reread and it's easier than audio. But if that's not your thing, here's the quick and dirty version. Property taxes get calculated in something called mills. They're one one thousandth of a dollar. And so basically you pay one dollar in taxes for every one thousand dollars of home value. So if you're good at logic, you might be panicking right now because you realize a 40% increase in home values would generate 40% in property taxes. And you'd be right, but Ohio has a bunch of laws that make it so that doesn't happen. But they don't apply to everyone or every situation. And it means some people get big tax increases from a rise in their home values and others don't. It's very individualized and it's just, it's very much like where you live and what districts you're in. And it sounds like lawmakers want to address this. I'm guessing they're hearing from constituents about these massive tax increases and doesn't sound like anyone has a grand solution yet for how to address this. But I think the conversation will pick up this fall. Yeah, for sure. Lots of folks. So like I in the article I wrote about this, I looked at one town in particular in Butler County. It's Middletown, which is actually J.D. Vance's like hometown, which he made popular in Hillbilly Elegy. And it's a working class neighborhood. And they have a particular set of taxes that is going to result in fairly significant tax increases. Their homes are rising faster than the county at large. It's stuff with their school district. And, you know, I was talking to the county auditor there and she said she's had like people calling crying, like literally crying on the phone because they don't know how they're going to pay their property tax bill. It's hard. And I feel like it often comes as a surprise. You know, you're not keeping track of every turn of the screw when it comes to tax policy in the state. And then all of a sudden you get your tax bill and it's way more than it's ever been. Yeah. So speaking of U.S. Senator J.D. Vance, he's actually our fourth and final topic. 
Haley has been following our junior senator since before he was the Republican nominee, and she has a really great article out this week on how his first year in office has been shaping up. And I want to start with the train derailment in East Palestine, not only because it happened like right after he was sworn in, but, you know, it was a major news story and really put a national spotlight on Vance, who had no prior political experience. Yeah, I asked him about this when I talked to him in July, and he said that really forced him and his staff to hit the ground running and not just talk about doing things, but actually do things. He was able to bring some more attention to the accident. He posted this video on Twitter that went viral. He was like poking a creek with a stick and showing how gross it was. He is largely responsible, I think, for getting former President Donald Trump to come to East Palestine, which frustrated some people, but it did also you know, bring more attention. So it was definitely an interesting start to his Senate career and also got him working with Senator Sherrod Brown right away to on rail safety regulations, you know, kind of a response to to that horrible accident and the ramifications of it. Yeah, I feel like his staff was still figuring out like where the bathrooms were in DC. And then all of a sudden, they're like, Oh, yeah, it was a big, a big push and a heck of a thing to start a Senate term with, you know, since then, he's been doing kind of the same things he did on the campaign trail. In some ways, he's still a big defender of Trump. He's Waiting into controversial issues like um, introducing legislation to ban gender affirming care for transgender youth. He tweeted something actually that's not in the story because it just happened, but about introducing legislation to prevent more COVID lockdowns. So he's willing to wade into these messy cultural issues, but he's also been able to find some common ground with people like Senator Elizabeth Warren and Senator Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin on manufacturing and some of these more like populist issues that appeal to Republicans like Vance and then more progressive Democrats. And one more thing before you go. Major General Anthony Wayne led some decisive battles in the settling of Ohio. And that's why we named a bunch of stuff after him, including the Wayne National Forest. But Wayne's history also includes fighting against Ohio's Native American tribes and being a main cause of their displacement which is why the federal government is considering a name change for the Wayne National Forest. It follows, you know, similar debates across the country over whether to honor historical figures with problematic legacies. And, you know, now we're having our own. Yeah. And going back to Vance again, he's been pretty vocal about this, opposing it. He said, I think in a letter, he said it denigrates Ohio history or something. But one of the proposed name changes for the forest is Buckeye National Forest, which everyone likes the Buckeyes. <laughs> That's always an easy sell here. Yeah, actually, fun fact, or I don't know if this, I didn't grow up in Ohio, so I didn't take Ohio history. Well, you didn't either. So, no. so we're both transplants. We're just, yeah. But I didn't actually know that the Wayne National Forest was named after this guy until I read the article this week. Same. So I guess at the very least, you know, I it, we're going to have a conversation about it. But it's also just a conversation in my mind of like, do we know why the things around us are named the things that they are? Because like, it makes sense that it was named after a guy. But I, I guess I just never really thought about it. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like the Zanesville Times Reporter. That's Z-A-N-E, Bill Times, Reporter.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.